Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. Well, in case nobody told you today, you really look beautiful. It's so good to come together and worship together. If you have your Bible, your iPad, your iPhone, your eyeballs, let's look up and let's say this together. Ready? This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient, and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for your presence. Thank you that we don't just come to church and go through motions, but you are here because, Lord, we invite you. We want you, Lord. We can't do anything without you. Now, Holy Spirit, as we get ready to unfold the word for today, I ask you to do what I can't do. You can bring light, illumination, direction, guidance to this passage today and to these words. And we just give you all the praise in your name. Amen. I am so excited about this new series, Rated R for Relationships, Real Raw Relationships. I was going to call it Real Raw and Relevant, so I guess it would be the same thing. Uh, and, And I think that everybody dreams in your life of having good relationships. I think a lot of women... Uh, Even as little girls dreamed of the one day they would have this perfect wedding, they would have this perfect husband, they would have this perfect house, they would have these perfect kids, and they already had the names of the kids. How many of you ladies just, maybe that wasn't the dream that you had, but had a dream something like that? Would you be bold enough to raise your hand? Yeah. Us guys, here's the dream that we had. One of these days we're going to get married, have sex twice a day for the rest of our life. And you're still dreaming. (laughs) This series uh, is is targeted on several different levels. This series, first of all, is targeted to students who one day want to date. It's it's targeted at singles who uh, are dating. I'm going to target married people who would just like to have a better marriage. I'm going to target those of you that are widowed. And I want to target today those of you who used to be married. Maybe you call it a divorce. Stop calling yourself divorced. You're single. Stop using a negative connotation of what you once were. You are single. So wherever you are on that, uh, maybe it's jumping back into the dating pool. It's sort of like a, <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like really scary to try to make sense of all of this. But so the next three weeks, it's going to be a short series, three weeks. The last week of this month, my pastor Rick Godwin will be here on the 23rd. You don't want to miss that. Change your schedule. Be sure you're here. My question today was, do you think it's possible to live together for the rest of your life and be in love? Six people. The rest of us are struggling. And and I think that's really sort of a tricky question because it's yes if we do it God's way right? So how many of you, I'll rephrase it, how many of you believe if we do it God's way that you could be married for the next 50 years and be happy? Yeah, that's the way I believe it is. It's scary statistics, you know, 50%, they say 50% of all uh, marriages end in divorce. 
but yet we don't prepare for that. We don't work towards that. We don't plan around that. It just happens. Can you imagine? Can you imagine you doing that in any other area of your life? If a statistic said, tomorrow, it's proven, 50% of you, when you go to the post office or the mailbox to get your mail, you're going to be eaten by a bear. 50%. You think you're just going to nonchalantly just show up at the mailbox the next day? No, you're not going to do that. What are you going to do? You're going to prepare for that because you want to come back alive, or you'll send your neighbor to pick up the mail for you, one or the other. What I'd really like to say today I've been wanting to do, to do this series for a while, but I never really got the green light from the Lord. Because what I'm dealing with in this series is heartbreaking to a pastor. I've been in ministry for almost 52 years. And I've seen so many heartbreak relationship breakdowns because of decisions that people make. And when they make that decision, I'm thinking, have you really thought this through? And so then when a relationship breaks down, I'm thinking, here we go again. Another relationship broken down because somebody didn't really think through what they were doing. I don't believe we have to rebuild. I don't believe we have to take our marriage, our relationship, our friendships, crash them all down and start to rebuild. I think sometimes all it takes is a little bit of retuning. This is an old analog radio. Some of you have no idea what an analog radio is. I mean, you're in a digital world. You hit, you hit the thing, and it digitally goes to that, you know. On TV, you hit a digital channel. How many of you remember those days that the TV wasn't quite so good like that? You had rabbit ears. You had to move things around to get it from the white and all that to something sort of. So a lot of times with these analog, you had to fine-tune into what you wanted to search for and make your way through a lot of static. It's sort of like this. Watch. Love and marriage, there it is. Love and marriage. Yeah, and it's, it's getting through all the static to get where you need to be. So in your notes today, let me start off by saying, don't continue to listen to the static of relationship myths. Here's the first one, the right person myth, the right person. Well, one of these days, when I meet the right person, they will complete me. They will make my life the way it is. I'm looking for Mr. Right. I'm looking for, uh, for the right woman, looking for that. Remember that movie uh, with uh, Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger, Jerry Maguire? Remember the three famous lines? One was, show me the... And the other one is, you had me at... And then the last one is, you complete me, gag me. Complete me? Don't you think that's un a little unrealistic? I mean, I can't say to Anita, Anita, she's teaching, by the way, in Growth Track right now. If you haven't been through Growth Track, you need to get there. That's how you, you really move on in life. I think when you get to heaven, they're going to ask, do you have a Growth Track ticket? <laughs> so for me to say to Anita, Anita, you complete me. You're the missing part of me I've been looking for all of my life. Do you know what kind of undue pressure that is on a woman? To say, you are going to take the craziness of my life 
and you're going to make it make sense. You're going to make me happy. You're going to make me feel like the greatest person in the world. You know what that's going to do? That's going to overload her, and she's not going to be able to measure up to that. And then you, as a husband, are going to get angry because she doesn't meet all of your needs. It's the same way with gals and guys. Those of you who are ladies, you say, oh, yeah, man, this is, you're, you're my husband, and I'm so thankful you complete me. You help me to know who I really am. I've been searching for who I am. You're going to help me. You're going to be my knight in shining armor, and you're going to be there for me at all times. You're what's been missing in my life. You complete me. He's, men are not, we're not equipped for that. That's too much pressure. You know what happens? Men develop a habit, or they, woke, wait, they work later. Why? Because they want to get out from underneath your expectations. Because they know they can't meet your expectations and they don't want to seem like a failure in that way. I heard somebody say once, I thought I met, I married Mr. Wright. I did. I just didn't know his first name was always. <laughs> oh, have you ever had anybody, this is my better half. Better half? Are you a half a person? Yeah, you know, it's uh, her half. My half together, that's two half people. I don't care how you do it. You don't want to bring a half a person to the altar. You don't want to stand and say, I give you a half of a person. You want to say, you know what? I know who I am. I know who God is in me. I'm a whole person. One plus one in God's economy is not two. One plus one is one. He said, I'll bring this one together and I'll bring this one together. And by some spiritual thing, he says he makes us one. Here's a second myth. Well, we'll just live together first because that way we can tell if we're right for one another. Living together first, it'll tell us if we're right for one another. You know, we'll see if we're sexually, uh, you know, yeah, sexually pliable, you know. What, what you're really saying is that you want to drive the car without buying it. You want the milk, but you don't want to buy the cow. Come on, give me a break. You want all the benefits, but you don't want the commitment. No, it's not, it doesn't work like that. Because, you see, marriage is built on a promise, a promise to be faithful to God. Well, I know we're just living together right now, but I know one day he's going to ask me, and he's going to take me to the altar, and, he, and, and we're going to be married. No, he won't. Probably not. If not, now he's not willing to make that commitment, what makes you think he'll make that commitment a little later? Are you going to have to try harder and harder every day? Are you going to worry every time he looks at somebody a little more foxier than you? I'm, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. Uh, a little bit more, um, I don't know what a political term is, so just say foxy. There we go. Are you, every time that happens, you go, oh, then I better get a new dress. I better get something else. Listen, do you know that the statistics for divorce is slightly higher for people who live together and then get married? It doesn't happen. Because, you see, it's not about a commitment. A commitment is for better or for worse. But just living together is for better. And if it gets worse, bye-bye, don't want to see it be you, right? So it doesn't work. That's a myth. It doesn't work. Here's another one. It's called the happily ever after myth. The happily ever after myth. Well, once you know that that once we get up there and, and we say, I do, then God is with us, and it's just smooth sailing for the rest of the time. Anybody in here ever had a life like that? You get married and it's smooth sailing for the rest of your life. No, we have kids, we have trouble. Chris, you're a liar, and we have difficulty in the midst of all of that. We have an altar invitation at the end. Your wife may be perfect, but you aren't. 
So here we are in the midst of all of that. So we have all these things. Anita and I have disagreements. We used to have disagreements every day. Now she tells me they're only once a week or so. But relationships are messy. The problem with a lot of people is when it gets difficult, they just run. On the, on the bottom of your notes, there, it says, read this with me. For wives, this means being supportive to your husbands. Supportive to your husbands. Wives, look at your husband and say, I'm, I'm supportive. Three of you. Come on, ladies, vocally out loud, I'm supportive of you. I know, I know that's like pulling teeth, isn't it? I'm supportive of you. But you say, well, he, he, doesn't, he, he doesn't deserve support. Well, look at the rest of that verse. Supportive to your husbands like you are tenderly devoted to the Lord. Like that. Look at what it says to husbands. Read this with me. And to husbands, read it out loud. You are to demonstrate love for your wives in the same tender devotion that Christ demonstrated his love to us, his bride, for he died for us, sacrificing himself. Look at your wife and say, I love you and I'm willing to sacrifice for you. Pastor Tim, we need some marriage counseling in this house right here. I'm telling you right now. Well, that we're in a series, right? So, number two on the back, I, we need to retune to these relationship truths. First of all, is the only definition of marriage is God's definition. The only definition is God's definition. Society changes it and says, well, you know, it doesn't have to be a male and female. It could be this, it could be that. Do you realize that several years ago when everybody started getting so happy to sue a church, they'd look for a church, maybe they're a homosexual couple, maybe, maybe for whatever, and that's the lifestyle they choose to live in. Uh, and, and so, so I don't have any stones to hurl, but what happens is and people come to a church and say, we want you to marry us. And so if we said, no, we don't want to marry you, we could be sued because uh, we're, we're not reaching out. We're not the political term, whatever it is. So we had to go to our attorney, and we had to work out in fine detail what we see at the Father's house as God's definition of marriage because he defined that. So when someone comes and says something like that, we say, I'm sorry, here's how we at the Father's house define marriage, and if it fits into that parameter, we can marry you, and if not, we can't, and we're legally safe. It's a sorry world that we have to live in. When God created marriage, God defined marriage, and then where, where is society to say, we're going to change God's definition because God's definition is not going to work. The reason they don't like that is because Satan is behind that. Because listen why. The church is a representative of the bride of Christ, of how much that Christ loves the bride, and, he, he, and Satan knows he can't stop Christ's love for the church. But if he can break marriages, then he said again, well, there's one that didn't work, there's one that didn't work. But here at the Father's house, we're saying, you know what? We believe in marriage, how God defined it. That's how we stand, and that's how we rejoice with God. If you believe that today, give him a hand clap. Look at this verse. Genesis 2 and 18. Then the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. Say alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. He gave names, verse 20, he gave names to all the livestock and all the birds of the sky and all the animals, and, but still there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord took out of his ribs and closed up the opening. 
Then the Lord God made woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, he exclaimed, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called, whoa, man. Look, this hairy-legged guy called Adam has been looking at animals, and that's all that was around. But now all of a sudden comes this very perfect-looking naked lady walking towards him, and he realizes it's God's person that he's bringing into his life. And he, could, he didn't say, oh, he's a nice one. He said, whoa, man, he never saw anything like that before. I think those of us who are married need to recapture that. Whoa, man. Nita's not in here, so I'll say, yesterday, I just, she's just this overwhelming to me. I was helping her clean house. Yes, I clean house. Yes, I clean commodes. And yes, I help clean. Yes, I do. And she does the outside work, so there you go. <laughs> so I grabbed her, and I just planted a big one on her, and then a second one, and more. And she said, does that still make you, like, do you still feel a tingle? I said, tingle? I'm on fire. Lady, I'm on fire. Some of you haven't felt that in a long time. God created sex, you know. And you as a married couple as a Christians should have the most powerful sex of anybody in the world. And if not, we need to retune something as long as that's not a physical problem, all right? I'm, I understand that. But I'm telling you, we've let the world suck away what God wants. God wants you to be happy. He wants you to be joy. He wants you to rejoice with the wife of your youth. He wants you to enjoy that. If you agree with that, give him a hand clap. Say amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> said, this explains why a man leaves a father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Here's the next truth. It's a journey, not a destination. It's a journey, not a destination. I wish we could say, once we get married, then it's all over. No, once we get married, then we start developing a relationship. You have to agree. You know, he leaves the commode up. She puts it down, you know. Anita said the other day, I'm so sorry that I'll leave the commode lid up for you. You get it? And it was sarcasm. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have put the commode lid down. Small thing. You know, but I was doing it for your exercise. Just bend over. You pull the thing down. <laughs> Little things like that, right? Where are we going to go? I don't care, wherever. Come on, tell me where you want to go. I don't care, wherever. Well, let's go to Cracker Barrel. No, I don't want to go to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> and, am I talking about where you live? But we deal with it. It's a journey. It's a journey, not a destination. Here's the next thing we need to tune to. We need to prioritize our relationships. Say prioritize. Prioritize our relationships. Unless we get, these, unless we get our relationships, our marriage, our dating in line, we're always going to struggle. You're going to be out of one relationship into another. Oh, I just met Mr. Wright. Oh, I met Miss... Mrs. Wrong, Mrs. Right, whatever, I don't know, but the perfect person. And then uh, uh, two weeks later, a month later, six months later, oh, they jilted me. And Oh, but this time I've met the real one. This time is the dream of my life. This is the time it's God's gift to me, and you're living in sin. If God gave you a gift, then why are you living in sin with what God gave you? I'm just sorry, I'm meddling, but I got license to meddle, all right? <laughs> Here it is. Here's the priority. God is first. Say it with me. 
God is first. Say it again. God is first. My spouse is second. Or the person I'm dating, you could put, put that in there. And then everybody and everything else is third. That's how we have great marriage. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let's say it again. We'll say them all together. God is first. My spouse is second. Everything, everyone is third. Matthew 6 and 33. But seek king, the kingdom of God first, and all of his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Singles, let me talk to you right now. Those of you that are single, all the single men, all the single ladies. You're in here today and you're single. If you're living with somebody, you're still single. If you're here today and you're single, would you just raise your hands? Just raise your hand. Look around. Hold them up. Everybody look around. This is your one big chance. <laughs> wow. There's a lot of single people in this service. Wow. You, take somebody out to lunch. They, I saw you raise your hand. Uh, could I buy you lunch? That's great. Let me talk to the singles again. If you will seek the number one, God will bring you your number two. If you will put him first, God first, he'll bring your number two. He'll bring the right person into your life. Say, yeah, but I just can't wait on God. He's so slow. I've asked him this for a long time. He takes too long. So I said, well, how's that working for you? Well, you know, I met this person. He's hot. I met her. She's cute. He's, uh, she's sexy. He's got a great car. He's got money. It's all of this. And so you make everything about what you see with your eyes. And over and over and over, you're crashing in relationship. How's that working for you? How about if you take a time out and say, you know what? I'm going to start putting him first. I don't care if you're in a relationship with somebody or if you're going into that. If you want a successful relationship, it's when you put God first, seek him first, and he'll add all these things to you. You say, yeah, but I, yeah, one day I will. No, today. Put him first today. You say, well, one day. One day when I find the right person, my love muffin, my snuggle buddy, my soulmate, and then we'll start coming to church. We'll get things right. We'll serve at church. But right now, it's my time. I'm going to party. I'm going to sleep around. I'm going to live around. I'm going to have a good time where I am right now and do my own thing. Could I share with you that when you say you do your own thing, it's called sin? Anything you do by yourself is not a Christ-centered life, and it's sin. If you want a future of him being in your life and having a great marriage, you start today. You become the person. Here it is on the bottom. You become the person you're looking for is looking for. You, you'll, you'll catch it later. You become the person you're looking for is looking for. You attract who you are, not who you want. So ladies, gentlemen... Pursue God. Put him one. And he'll bring you number two. And until then, ladies, lock your knees. You know how many times I read it on Facebook? Another one of our precious ladies compromises from keeping God first. And it has another heartbreak. 
I just wonder how many heartbreaks that it's going to take. Because I care for you. I want God's best for you. Now let me talk to those of us that are married about our priorities. What happens when we first get married, we get so in love. And, and because you're in love, your husband and a wife, uh, sometimes it produces these little things called kids. Right? Do you remember how your kids came about? You were a lover of your husband before you became a wife. You were a wife before you became a mother. In marriage relationships, what happens sometimes after kids are born, because you have that maternal instinct that you want to be such a great mom, you begin neglecting the relationship with your husband. Remember, it's God first, spouse is second, and everything and everyone third. You mean my, my, my kids should be third? Yeah, yeah. Well, but, but, you know, God gave me these kids. Yes, remember how he gave them to you? By being a wife. And once you lose that priority, then what happens is that that husband then begins finding another area in which that somebody meets the need that you aren't meeting. You say, yes, but it's just so important with my kids. I, I raise them right. Yes, it is. But you've got to keep it in God's priority. If that kid becomes the CEO of your life, I meet people all the time. Their whole life is arranged around their kid. Soccer, little league, this, ballerina stuff, this thing, that thing. We have no time. Don't have date time. We don't have time for date night because, you know, we gotta, we got to run here, we got to run there, and everything is focused around those kids. Let me give you a reality. One of these days, those kids are going to grow up, and they can hardly get away, wait to get away from you, and you're going to have to look across the room at that hairy-legged man you married and you haven't developed a relationship with, and it's worse than a midlife crisis. It's an emptiness crisis, and you wonder, how did I get here? We got here by not keeping God's priorities in our life. You say, yeah, but, you know, we're young and, and we can't afford babysitters. I said in the last service, find another couple and swap. I didn't mean that like that. <laughs> so after, <laughs> one of my overseers had heard me on the phone, and so he calls me from Phoenix, and he said, I just one thing, are you encouraging your young couples to swap? I said, no, the, the team has already told me I did something wrong. What I mean is that you say to one couple, I watch your kids this week. You watch my kids next week. I'm, I'm going to tell you, here's a good thing you want to do. You need to hire a babysitter at least once a month. That would be great if you could do it once a week, but start with once a month as your date night. And you tell them, whether we go out on a date night or not, you're paid for. You know what happens? Then when Thursday night or Friday night rolls around, Oh, I'm just so tired, Bertha. I'm not sure I can go out. The babysitter's going to be paid for. Either way. I'm going to tell you, we've got to do everything we can to fight viciously to keep that in order. God, our spouse, and then everything else after that. And, and, and sometimes it happens even with guys. We say, now, now I'm a husband. I'm a provider. I got to provide for my family. So you work extra hours. You do all of that. You make sure your little kid is the best on the little league. You, sure, you be sure that your little kid, and you try to live vicariously through them. And you got a wife sitting at home, said, it's been weeks since we've been together. And I, I don't know. It can't continue like this. Listen to me. You're on a crash 
course that will eventually come down on you unless you prioritize and put it in God's order. Here's a quote from a great book I would recommend that you get. It's called Marriage on the Rock, uh, Jimmy Evans. It's such a great book. He says, when time, energy, resources that rightly belong to us are given by our spouse to someone or something else in any consistent or significant way, we feel violated and experience legitimate jealousy. Jealousy. Say, yeah, I know, yeah, the kids, the kids have been the, the whole focus of my life, but, you know, we can't go out on a date night because they cry when we get ready to leave. So, is that the first time they ever cried? Guess what? After a while, they'll get over it. They'll get, just go ahead and cry. You get it over with, it'll be okay. You want them to cry now? Or when you, you want them to cry after the divorce court? It's so important for us to have a Christ-centered life. We're not made right today by our good works. We're made right today by the grace from the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was Jesus? He was the sinless Son of God who was perfect in every way. He was obedient to his Father even to the death on the cross. On the cross, he became your sin, he became my sin. They laid him in a tomb. But on the third day, there was so much power emanating from him that that stone rolled away. And he walked out of that glorious and victorious so that those of us that are dead can get a second chance at life. The scripture says, so anyone, and that includes you, who calls on the name of the Lord would be saved and would be forgiven. If that had been you, if you'd been forgiven, would you raise your hand and say, thank God he came out of the tomb. Listen, if you recognize today your life is not Christ-centered, maybe some of you married couples today, you say, you know what? Our, our marriage is really not Christ-centered. It's centered around other things first. I mean, you can call yourself a Christian because you come to church, but that's like calling yourself a duck, but you can't fly. Just coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. It's when you live a life centered around Christ. Jesus, the Son of God. There is no other name like his name. At his name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. Don't you think it's reasonable response that we would say, I give you my life? I need you. I surrender to you. Maybe you'd say, say today, I'm not a follower of Jesus. We're not going to ask anybody to bow your head today. Sometimes we say, everybody bow your head and pray, nobody looking around. But I want you to keep your head up boldly today. And I want you to look around for what's getting ready to happen. Because there are people in here that are going to make a bold confession today of their confidence in putting Christ first in their life. Jesus said, when you confess me before man, and you're not ashamed to boldly confess me, I will confess you before my Father which is in heaven. There are some of you today that would say, you know what? I need Christ. 
There's somebody that say, you know what? I need to, I need to retune my relationship to be with him, to be centered upon him. And I want to turn to him and turn from my sin. I want to turn around and I want to turn towards him. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you as boldly as you can with every eye in this room looking at you, knowing that you don't care what somebody says. You don't care if somebody says, are you praying for the first time or rededicating? You're saying to he who said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand as high as you can, as boldly as you can by confessing, I need him, I want him in my life. Are you ready? All over this room right now, for those of you who say, with your hand held high, I need him in my life. Hold it up. I want him to be first in my life. Look around see these hands this morning bold hands lifting up this morning and saying I want him listen here's what just happened in heaven I, I, I'm just sort of simple-minded like this I believe Jesus Christ looked over to God the Father and he said you see all those bold hands down there nobody's ashamed of me in that house nobody and I believe then he said to the Holy Spirit those that raise their hand and they want more of me I want you to fill them with my spirit and my power today and when they leave out of here today they'll leave in a different way than ever before my presence and my power will go with them let's pray this prayer together father God thank you for loving me thank you for dying for my sins thank you for coming into my life and so today I say I turn to you and I'm all in I'm not gonna play games I'm not gonna hedge my bet but I'm all in today I want you to be first in my life I want great relationships and so Lord I'm gonna put it in the right priority and I'm gonna put you first and I know if you I put you first everything else will be taken care of now Holy Spirit Fill me fresh today with your presence and your power. In Jesus' name. Church, would you celebrate with me today for those bold people in here? Come on, church. Come on, church. Let's celebrate today. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we'd love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps are in your relationship with Jesus, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.